Debbie did die last night, and uh, we'll be having the funeral Monday. That's going to be at right in Ferguson downtown. How many of y'all remember Perry and Debbie? They've been gone three or four years, but uh, Brother Perry is just a fine, fine man. He's from Philadelphia, isn't he, Brother Adcock? And Debbie, I, they were here. She worked at the Dairy Queen, so I had occasion to see her every once in a while. And she had always given my ice cream free, but she had cancer in a really bad, bad way. She she died hard, actually. So pray for them and uh, remember them. Good to see you tonight. Brother and Sister Moss is just, this looks up on their pew back there. Justin and Kayla, good to see y'all. Everyone, and we got a, a lady here. We're glad to have you with us. Bless you. And if anybody else, we're glad that you're glad everybody's here. If you have your Bible, I'd like to read one verse tonight. Young people are going to start starting their service at 7.30 in the back. They said they needed more time, so that's where they are. And uh, the children are in the back. And Oh, speaking of that, I, to the young married couples, my wife is going to be starting two times a month having a young marriage class on Wednesday night. So if you would like to go to that. All right, Philippians. I can find it here. I got so many notes. Philippians, the second chapter, in verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Everybody say, Praise the Lord. Bless you, may be seated. Sunday night, when I was preaching, and uh, it was a wonderful move of the Holy Ghost Sunday night. It's always wonderful when the Holy Ghost moves. Not that it was a deep thought, but it wasn't a thought I had written down. I made the statement that the Holy Ghost won't do it all for you. And this week, as I have meditated and prayed, it seems like that thought just kept getting in my mind. There's several scriptures. This one, work out your own salvation. Another one says, stir up the gift that's within you another says lay aside every weight and sin another one says cleanse yourself from all filthiness so all of these are not saying that it's just necessarily going to happen when you get the holy ghost that there's going to be some things that we have to do and so the first part i got two parts of my little lesson here but the first part this is how the thought came to me cleaning up the mess doesn't help much if you don't stop the leak. You know what I'm saying? Uh, in other words, if you have a leak in your house and it rains hard in your roof and it rains hard and water gets in there and you get in there and you sweep it all out, if you don't fix the roof, the next time it rains, you're going to have the same problem. And as I meditated on that, I'm going to tell you what happens to us. Maybe this is just me. This message may just be for me, this lesson, and God just going to let me share it with y'all. We come in here sometimes on Sunday night, having struggled some during the week, having not done everything we wanted to do, maybe having done some things we shouldn't have done, or certainly maybe had an attitude we shouldn't. And so we get this wonderful touch of the Holy Ghost like we got Sunday night, man, and I'm talking in tongues and I'm feeling good. And then lo and behold, Wednesday you realize, Man, there's some more trash done got in here somehow. And what the problem is, we've got some areas of our life there somewhere, somehow, that's allowing stuff to get in. This red van that we've got, 
brother's lying? It still ain't blowing cold air. They have checked that thing trying to find the leak. And so we put Freon in there and it blows cold for a little while and then somewhere, somehow, and I think we've had at least two people, hadn't we? Check it out maybe. Uh, check it out and they'll say, we can't find it. I know this, there's a leak in it though because it, it's getting out somehow. In Cleveland, uh, in that little church, we had double glass doors where most people came in. And uh, when it rained hard, it didn't, not just a regular rain, but when it rained hard and the wind was blowing, I'd get over on Sunday morning about 9 o'clock, just kind of getting in the frame of mind, and I'd walk in there, and I'd forget nearly every time, and there'd be water all in the foyer. And my wife was nowhere to be found, so I had to clean it up. So, Sister Sonia, I had to get the mop out, and I'd get the broom and sweep it out. I'd get paper towels and towels and get it all cleaned up. And somehow there wasn't, what, weather stripping or something, Brother Earl? Was that the problem? It was coming in. I wanted to gray tape it, but she wouldn't let me. She didn't think that would look right on the church door. It probably some kind of lilt. But what would happen, it only did it every once in a while. And so I would clean it up, and when people got there, they couldn't tell anything had happened. But the next time we had the hard rain, sure enough, there it was again. And, and once again, as I begin to, to think about this, what what is it, God, that I'm allowing to affect me? Because we want to live for God. We wouldn't be here if we didn't want to live for God. I'm telling you, we want to live for God. That's why we're here. And it's frustrating. Have you not got frustrated on Sunday night? You tell the Lord, I am going to pray this week, man. I am going to witness and I'm going to stay in the spirit. And the first thing you know, it's Friday and you realize... Man, I ain't read but two chapters this week if we read that much. And I, I kind of been doing a now lay me down to sleep prayer. And we're wondering why Sunday night we're climbing the same mountain all the time. See, we're having to climb the same. We shout over the same thing all the time. And so somehow we've got to identify the areas that's causing us problems. When I was in the mobile home business there years ago, when we sold a brand new trailer, that came from the factory when they delivered it because we charged them extra for it naturally we put sealant on the top now the factory put sealant on it but they evidently experienced it sometimes it still leaked through so we and i said we did charge them for it but we would always put sealant why trying to keep it from getting the leak and so uh the one the things that we've got to do we've got to try to seal our life and and of course if you do not pray you're going to get some leaks just going to tell you right now, if you do not pray, I, I mean, you can do nothing bad. You don't have to get drunk. You don't have to curse. I mean, you can be living a good moral life, a life that most people would think was just a great life. But if I do not pray, like I say, it can be an attitude or it can be something literal will get a hold of me. But if I don't put that ceiling on there, because I'm going to tell you there's something about the, the pressure, and I've told you this before about water, I'm still amazed at the pressure water puts on a pipe. You know, I've tried to gray tape a pipe, and really, it, it don't hold. I tried caulking it. It don't hold. <laughs> Is that, it seemed a good idea to me, Brother Earl. I mean, you know, I was, I was just trying to, and I'm talking about, I'd hate for y'all to see what it looked like. I mean, it'd be, I'd have that gun and I just have, I wasn't trying to make it look neat. Nobody's going to see it but me. I mean, I just had a pile of it on there. I'd gray tape it and then caulk it and still the water would get through. 
because I did not have the proper way. And that's what happens. We come on Sunday night and we worship and praise God and we jump up and down and we're just trying to deal with the outside and we're allowing some area of our life that's affecting us. And, uh, and of course, if I don't read my Bible, I'm going to tell you, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. My word, see, if I'm not getting this word in my heart, then there's going to be an avenue that's going to attack me. And of course, if I'm not worshiping, when I come to church, I do need to worship. I need to blow the stuff out of the gutter. Uh, I mean, I need to do whatever I have to do. But I, as I thought about this, I am in my own life tired of reaching the same point. You know, tired of, uh, I get to a certain point like surely I'm fixing to get into a new arena of faith or something and I find myself sliding back down the hill. You know, and I don't mean to and I don't want to and, 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 and like I say, not, not going out and doing what a lot of people would perceive as sin, but somehow, uh, as you get closer to getting closer to God, there's more, there's more resistance there. And so that fight gets to wearing me down. And so, of course, obviously, some of the things that came to my mind, and I talked about this not long ago, but I, I kind of wish now I thought, but I had all the young people in here, but, you know, the music I listen to can be a window. It can. In other words, I can pray and talk in tongues, but if I'm feeding my mind on the music I used to feed my mind on, it opens up that thought process. And so I have to be mature enough to understand that, that you know, nobody knows what music I'm listening to. Nobody knows what all's going on in my life, just like I don't know what's going on in your life. And that's why when he said, work out your own salvation. Now, we're not talking about the things that the Bible specifically, you know, we, we I read that Sunday morning, who came into the kingdom of God? Adulterers and effeminate and fornicators and, and uh, uh, murderers, all those things. But there's some things that uh, it said lay aside every weight. There's some things that are weights. And, of course, uh, I've told you, Palsy Hutzpah, that was Brother Hutzpah's dad in Shreveport, he said there's three kind of music. There's heaven-inspired and there's devil-inspired and there's man-inspired. Now, man-inspired music in itself, I'm sure, is not wrong. You know, but if I feed my mind or if I find myself fighting the same battle, I've got to start looking around where is the leak in my life. I've got to recognize I, I come out of the rock and roll generation. And so when I prayed through, I just there wasn't any question. I didn't want to listen to that kind of music. I, I didn't want to listen to the easy listening music. You know, it's actually in the mall. Sometimes I hear it and they play the oldies. You know, since us boomers have got older, that's what they're playing a lot of. And it brings back memories of places I have been and things I have done. I mean, it's like the light comes on again. And sometimes I wished it didn't. And But the day that we're living in, uh, it might be the computer. See, used to, if you wanted to get pornographic material... You just about had to put a raincoat on and find some store and pull your hat down low and, and hope nobody saw you. Now we're living in a day that you can just in your home with nobody around pull up more vile things than you ever would have imagined. And I, I'm convinced myself that uh, I, I was somewhere and, in, in, you know, I would like to think they weren't talking about us, but it was one of us talking, a UPC preacher, making mention that at any given time, there's six to eight percent people, uh, I'm talking about good people, that's looking at things they shouldn't be looking at. 
Why? Somehow the curiosity got a hold of them. So I'm asking you tonight, you need to search your mind. If you're constantly having this battle, one day, man, I'm feeling good, and then the next day I just feel like I can't even make it. Am I the only one that ever felt that way? Man, you feel so fired up on Sunday night, and Wednesday you're thinking, Lord, you just need to come on. I don't even know if I can hold on very much longer. Uh, you know, that's what uh, Richard heard. I know some of y'all know who he was. He was an evangelist. And uh, he came by preaching in Shreveport in 1981 that the Lord was coming this month, you know, like the month of May. Well, man, people got stirred up thinking, well, I can live for God for a month. See, God ain't looking for people that's got that mentality. You know, I, I, can, I don't want to go to hell, so I can live for God for a month. See, that was the danger of that kind of preaching because you know what happened? I mean, really, he, he would tell us now, now I'm not saying that he's coming for sure, but I believe he is. And we would, you know, have you shaking over hell fire. But you know what? When June rolled around, well, praise God, it didn't come. Let's go back to what we's doing. See, I've got to get some things in my heart. And that's what we as individuals have to understand. And I guess where, the philosophy of mine that has maybe not been the same as all. I believe a lot of these things have, have got to be administered by the individual. In other words, I can't control what you do or don't do. I mean, you know, you've got access in your car and in your home. And, you know, for a little while last year, I had the wireless Internet. Man, I, I had the Internet while I was driving down the road. You know, I mean, that's kind of dangerous probably <laughs> but i'm just saying we live in a world today god's going to find out what's in your heart if you want to do wrong there's going to be an avenue come but what i've got to do and not only me but you we have also got to teach our children see one of the things that and this is kind of getting on my second point but it's stirring me up a little bit i'm afraid we are and i got on this sunday morning but we're not training our children enough on why they shouldn't do some things. They don't need to be a drunkard if they don't live for God. You see what I'm saying? See, what happens in our mentality is, well, if I'm going to go to hell, I might as well do everything. But their life is a life of misery in this life. So somehow we've got to start spending a little more time. Hey, the Holy Ghost don't teach you how to eat. It don't give you table manners. The Holy Ghost isn't going to do everything. And I'm afraid sometimes as powerful as the Holy Ghost is, and, and I'm afraid in my own life and in my own teaching of my children, I think when I really dwell on it, sometimes I thought, well, God, you know, they really get the Holy Ghost, and I know you're going to help them with some of this. Well, the Holy Ghost will convict you and lead you and guide you. But we have got to understand, I have met some people, I'm talking about, other type church people that do not believe in the Holy Ghost that lived a pure life. I'm talking about a moral life. I'm talking about had honesty and integrity and they had it in their children. And if they're doing that without the Holy Ghost, see, we've got to quit taking away this excuse. Well, he just needs to pray through is why he's doing that. They need to be taught from a very small age. We don't do that because it's harmful to you and society, see? See, somehow we're, we've made it too spiritualized. And, and I don't know if you can make it too much, but that old saying, you were so worldly minded or, or heavenly minded that they were no earthly good. And the, the truth is that can happen. You, you can be so caught up in the clouds. And I've had a few times in my life that, 
You know, I just was so intoxicated. I, I'm, I, I like it when I'm that away. You know, just all I want to think about is the Lord. But you know what? If you're married, you can't spend all your time thinking about the Lord. Really? You're not doing right. I've got to spend time with my family. That's the first thing that God instituted was the marriage. And so we have to be careful. Sometimes we get so busy around the church. Man, there's times that you, every night there's something going on, something going on, and it's a good something going on. But what happens is it's taken away maybe from even my study time or my prayer time. So I've got to somehow come to grip with this work out your own salvation. Uh, and if I don't put this ceiling on there, and of course, you know what? Even the people I hang around can be an avenue that leaks something. Told you before in Shreveport, our good friends, I'm talking about the first people invite us to their house after I prayed through. I still remember she fixed pork chops Sunday night after church. Uh, I still remember that. I just, uh, they invited us to their house. Where our friends we ended up buying the house next door to them. They ended up moving off right after that. I don't know if there was any correlation there, but no, he was a builder. He built houses, but they were my friend, but they got hurt partly by brother husband and partly by another person doing the church. These were our close friends. I mean, we got with them almost every week and they began to get negative about everything and everybody. And so I realized that I felt I owed them something. Because they befriended me. Folks, when somebody new comes in, you need to do your best to make them feel welcome. Because when you come in and don't know anybody, it makes you feel kind of, you know, I, I've been out to the campground before. You know, we'll have a business meeting, men's or preacher's meeting. Get out there and didn't see anybody I knew. And you hated to look like the redneck don't have a friend sitting up there by yourself. And so a time or two, I'd just get over to somebody I didn't even know, and I'd go, hey, anybody sitting beside you there? So everybody think I knew him, you know. But there's something about, you know, not knowing. So when people come in, well, these people were that kind of people. They befriended me. They were kind to me. They were nice to me. But I'm going to tell you, they had this one-track mind that every night they was going to get on a certain subject, and they couldn't get rid of it. And you know what? It was affecting me. See, it was affecting me. And so I finally told Cindy, I said, honey, look, I mean, we're going to have to start doing something else, either going out with somebody else or going out as a group. Why? I cannot allow even people that I love to put stuff in my mind and hurt me. And so I want that to tell you, you've got to be able to do the same thing. You know, there's, or you may just have to tell somebody, hey, some subjects are just off limits. Don't want to talk about it. Why? Because if I get that in my mind, uh, and sometimes we get to replaying things, but in this world that we're living in, folks, the Bible says if the righteous scarcely be saved. The righteous is those doing right. In other words, if those that's doing everything right scarcely going to be saved, where will the ungodly, see, and the sinner? Well, what is the, there's a difference between ungodly and the sinner? I believe the ungodly is somebody that knew God. See, the sinner, what they would, should be the same thing, but he uses ungodly and sinner. I believe it's people that one time have known the Lord or they're not doing everything right. And what has happened, and, and I still love that example, the evangelist used five or six years ago, taking the two socks, one clean and one dirty. When you rubbed them together, the white one didn't make the dirty one clean. 
the dirty one made the white one dirty every time. And so I have got to learn this. And so in your life, you're going to have to learn. See, if there's a big gaping hole, then it's easy to find that. But when it's one of those pinpoint holes like the van's got, it may take you some time. Did you ever take a class? I took a class, and they had us write down everything we ate for a week. And uh, you know what? You'd be surprised sometimes what you eat. Uh, if you write down everything that you eat, my daddy writes down every penny that he spends. And really, I'm, I'm just going to tell you that that's really a good philosophy. My daddy can go back to about 1950 and tell you wherever penny he's ever made is gone. Can you do that? I can't. You know, I can put $50 in my pocket and two days later I got $2 and I can only think of $8 I spent. You know, I figure my wife got into it. I don't know. You know, I mean, something happened to it. But if you would keep a detailed record, you know, sometimes maybe we ought to keep a record of what we do all day. What did you do first thing in the morning? And look back at the end of the day. When did I pray? When did I read my Bible? When did I meditate on the Lord? Because, or you may find out, well, I spent 45 minutes on the computer and I'm not against the computer. I say, I have a computer. And, uh, but what, what am I doing on the computer? See, what am I looking at stuff I shouldn't be looking at? Now, I tell you, my, my problem is, is, and of course, I play games sometimes. I was talking to, uh, you know, occasionally you got to have a little distraction, but the devil loves to get me distracted. You know, I, I, I can get off on, on investigating something or just spend hours and hours. I was going to write a book not long ago. Man, I just could spend hours and hours. And you know what? Why is it you can spend all that time on natural things and can't on the things of God? Why is it you can read two novels in one day and two chapters just wears you out? Really? Why is that? You know, I mean, I mean, you can read the whole newspaper, the whole magazine. But if you would keep up for about a week, where am I spending my time? Actually, how much time they claim the, the average man and wife don't spend but about, I, I mean, it's unbelievable what, you know, they, I don't know who they are. They say that the average man and wife doesn't talk but like 15 minutes a week of meaningful conversation, you know. And they didn't count getting me some Diet Coke meaningful conversation, April. Uh, you know, really, how much time, how much time do we talk to our children? You know, and, and my wife, she's kind of, she, she's got tired of one of my phrases I've used for years. I've used it for years. And she's finally said, she said, what is this with while you're up, hon? <laughs> you know, she accuses me of sitting there waiting till she gets up before I, you know, I, but anyway, I'm just saying, if we would examine our lives, you see, what are we doing with our time? And is there some area of my life that's got a leak? See, you can try to cover it up. You can put a fake wall in front of it, but it's still leaking. And at some point, uh, you know, when I was gone to Ohio, and I, I need to look, my roof's looking a little bit. When we first moved in our house, I went to Ohio to preach the youth camp, and she calls, and the light fixture in the kitchen literally fell out water had overflowed yeah brother you came out and rotorooted it or something didn't you so but anyway water come just falling falling out literally the ceiling was falling in and uh but you can find that kind of a leak 
But see, what's keeping us from having revival is I don't think most of us is probably having trouble, you know, drinking and doing things like that. But we've allowed some, there's some little leaks somewhere in our life that's taken just enough of the pressure off that we're not able to achieve what we ought to achieve. And, uh, of course, needless to say, I've been, the, the newspaper, every time I've picked it up recently, though, I, I said this Sunday and I'll say it again, uh, th- this new program that they, co- they got on TV that it's, it's a married, it's a boy and girl like Romeo and Juliet. But anyway, the dad is in the porno business. That is the background setting for this TV show. And you tell me people, not only are they going to watch it, they're going to let their children watch that. I mean, that, that, that's, that's a gaping hole that will consume and destroy. And so I have got to understand and be mature enough uh, that, that, that don't think, why is it we get to thinking we can handle something? Really? You know, we get to thinking, I can control it. That's the devil's oldest lie right there. You ain't going to get out of control. You can, in itself, let your moderation, the devil will use scripture on you. And moderation in everything. You know, and you can allow yourself, and, and once again, it may not be a sin in itself. See, once again, when we say something's a sin, that means it will send you to hell if you do it. See, some of the things we teach and preach are, is more on the safeguard. Now, some people want to label them sin. I gotta be careful what I tell you is a sin. Because I don't want to add to the book. I can't tell you it's a sin to listen to an easy listening song. I can't tell you that's a sin. I know if you do it all the time, it's going to be hard to be spiritually minded. But, you know, there's so many songs nowadays that the, the verses or the lyrics are so bad, then that would be a sin. But, I mean, there might be some song that in itself is not wrong. But... I personally made up my mind a long time ago that, hey, I can't feed that in because of my background. I say, it reminds me of places I've been and things I've done. And so we have got to teach this to our children somehow. They've got to get this concept. See, when I was growing up, you know, of course, we, we didn't have a TV, but we'd dash over to the neighbor's house, you know, and tell mom and daddy we was playing baseball. You know, of course, back when I was a boy, it was Andy Griffin and, you know, I Love Lucy was in the reruns even then. But, you know, it really wasn't near all that much bad stuff on there. But still, the truth of the matter is, we didn't want to watch Andy Griffin. We wanted to watch something, whatever the worst thing there was. There's something about human nature. And even as a child. And so our children, we've got to teach them this principle. They are going to be places that they may see pictures uh, of, of naked women that somehow they've got to get it in, inside of them that I don't need to look at that at a magazine. I don't need to see it on a moving picture. I don't need to see it on the computer. I don't, I mean, in other words, it, I just don't need to see it, period. Because, see, if I just have a few rules, and of course, Brother Brown's the one using his example again. When he was in Bible school, they wouldn't let him go to restaurants that had TVs. So all the sports guys went to Sears on Saturday to the electronic department. See, they wasn't violating the rules. Now, Brother Brown wasn't one of them, though. Hallelujah. 
he hates sports. <laughs> but, uh, but no, but I'm just saying, in other words, we've got to get some principles instilled in our children. But I, I'm not, I mean, not just talking about the children. What is in our life? What is it that's allowing us to lose the pressure and the power? Of God, we need to examine ourselves and look at ourselves uh, because it's gonna it's gonna boil up. It's gonna come out somehow, and so the Holy Ghost in itself it ought to convict you. But you know what? If you do it enough, you can override the Holy Ghost. You can get to where you don't really feel all that bad about doing something that that's wrong. You can do it enough or tell yourself, well, you know, everybody's doing it or, you know, this isn't any different really than doing this. And uh, so we have to be careful. And so the Holy Ghost, while it is a powerful thing, uh, and, and let me just say this while I wrote this down to remember saying this. The Holy Ghost don't tell me every morning who's in the hospital. Really, it don't. So if you have to go to the hospital, let us know. You know, I've had two or three cases recently. I didn't know somebody was in the hospital. You know, I, I wish I wish the Lord gave me a list in the morning. I guess I wish He did. I don't know if, I, but you know, but it don't work that way. The Holy Ghost, uh, once again, y'all know I'm I'm not a devil behind every bush kind of guy. Uh, I believe there's a devil. I believe there's a lot of powers, a principality of darkness. But most of our life is just common sense. Most of what you are is what you do consistently. See, it doesn't do you any good to exercise for three weeks and quit. I can testify to that. You know, it doesn't do you any good not eat. Now, where's old Kobe at? See, yeah, that Kobe's lost some weight. And I, I said, Kobe, what you been doing? I was expecting him to tell me I've been on the Atkins or I've been. And he said, well, I've just been drinking lots of water and just cutting back on my helpings. Now, you know what? That's probably about the best way to lose weight. Because when I go on one of those things that... For seven days, I ain't going to eat nothing that's, that used to be alive. You know, at the end of seven days, man, I'm so hungry. Uh, you know, I want that fat-free diet. I ain't never got tired of such. I ate a whole box of cereal. Didn't have no fat in it. Really, one of those. Uh, you can eat the whole box. They, and and whole thing of orange slices. And But I wasn't losing no weight. But it wasn't a reasonable thing. Most people, if you're going to keep it off, but to keep it off, Kobe, you're going to have to keep on that same kind of deal. Because you know what? Just as soon as you go back to saying supersize it, you know, just as soon as you go back to saying that, praise the Lord, it'll start supersizing back. And so here we come to church, and boy, we're wanting to move with the Holy Ghost, but the truth is we're wanting to eat junk food, and then we wonder why we hadn't lost any weight. Really? Have you ever really tried diligently for a week and then you get on the scales and you weigh and maybe be up a pound? And you think, I was better off without even trying to diet. Have you ever had a week that you prayed more than you ever prayed and had all kind of hell break loose? Just everything seemed to go wrong and you thought, I was better off not praying. One time I was fasting. I mean, I'm telling you the truth. I was fasting and it wasn't but about I mean, I'm ashamed to tell you, it wasn't but like 2 o'clock on the first day. And I got to feeling so depressed, I didn't know if I could live for God. So I said, I better go eat or I'm going to backslide. You know, I mean, I'm just telling you, that's what I told myself. Because I felt like I couldn't even make it. And so here we are. You think we can't manipulate our mind? 
And then we wonder why. We wonder why you're having a good time. We wonder why then we're not praying people through in the altar. See, we don't have enough power. You know what? It, it takes the whole service for us just to get enough for we can finally feel good. See, we need to come into service overflowing. We need to come into service that, man, we're ready for a move of God from the get-go. That the choir shouldn't have to have to sing five songs before I finally feel something. I ought to have such a prayer life that when I walk in the church uh, that I'm in tune with the Spirit and the Holy Ghost is flowing and the Holy Ghost is moving and people start getting the Holy Ghost and being healed. But unfortunately... You know, we're just barely got enough to hold on. And so, uh, thank God for the Holy Ghost. And I said this Sunday night, I'm a tongue talker. I like talking in tongues. I believe talking in tongues. But some of the most stable people I've ever known, I never hardly ever saw them talk in tongues. You know what the deal was? They didn't have no leaks and they was consistent in what they was doing. Now, I still would encourage you to talk in tongues. I believe it edifies. But I have known people could talk in tongues like a Chinese laundryman and couldn't live for God. Really, I'm just telling you, I've been there myself before. You know why? I had some area that was still open. You know, I've, I've uh, had never been out in a boat that sprung a leak, but it'd be bad to be out there away from the bank and all you got's a little old bucket. And, there, and, you know, there's two holes in the bottom. And, you know, the best you can hope for just don't sink. You, you can't worry about catching fish. Right? You know what our problem is? We're so busy with holes in the boat, we ain't got time to reach the lost out here. I'm just trying to keep from going under myself. I'm just trying to make sure I don't lose out from God. It's really, I, I say this all the time, above everything else I must be saved. But the lowest level of living for God is I just want to be saved. What about pleasing God? See, what about pleasing God? See, if I get to pleasing God, I don't have to worry about being saved. Because I'm going to be saved if I please God. But our problem is we want to know, you know, just how much do I have to do to be saved? You know, could you tell me how many minutes I have to pray a day or a week or a month to be saved? I can't tell you. It takes more for some of us. See, some of us has got weaknesses and backgrounds. We just have to pray more. I mean, or I do. I mean, I have to, if you don't have got a lot of weaknesses, maybe you don't have to pray as much, but you're going to have to pray. And But our problem is, see, we want to see how little can we pray and how little do, uh, you know, we live in this minimum requirement world. And I say, when you go to down there and, you, and it says it's a 10-ounce steak, it's not going to be a 12-ounce. They weighed the thing. You're getting 10 ounces. Remember when years ago when you bought gas, they'd squeeze an extra dime in there. Anybody remember that? See, they was full. Y'all don't remember that? Maybe it was just stamps, Arkansas. You'd tell them, give me $2, and he'd give you $2 and a dime, you know. And, boy, it was 33 cents a gallon. So, I mean, man, you was in good. But he'd give you a little extra. Nowadays, you know, if you don't stop right on that zero, you take your $10 bill, and say, it's 10.01. And I ain't got a penny on me. And have to break a dollar bill. And so see we come to church sometimes. And we're wondering. How come what we're doing. We're ordering the cheapest thing on the menu. God I just need a little tongue talking tonight. 
I just need just a little bit of feel good tonight. No, what I really need is God to turn me inside out. Let me get sincere and say, God, whatever I got to do, Lord, I want to draw closer to you, God. Help me to lay aside some of these things that's bothering me and hindering me. And they're not always sins. It's really not. But... uh I just, I don't know, the Lord just just pounded this in my brain. And I, I say it's really, I, I know it's really for me because uh, I, I think back, uh, won't y'all come to the music there, but in Shreveport we was picking up some bus kids and they didn't, we kept them the whole two hours in the back so they never got in service and I'm sure I told you before. But I got a burden, I said, God, these kids are never feeling the, the, the worship. They're, 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 you know, we're teaching them and we're doing activities, but I, I want them to feel, you know, something. And because I'm letting you like now, we got kids church, they got music back there, but we didn't have that. And so we started doing that, started having children church. And one week, I kind of made a commitment to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm going to pray two hours every day this week. And you know, when you've only been praying about 20 minutes a day, two hours is a long time. I couldn't pray two hours. I'd pray 20 minutes and I'd stop and I'd do something else and I'd come back and pray 10. And, but I was writing that down because I told the Lord I was going to do two hours. Did you ever do something? You realize how sometimes it's like, all right, God, I've almost got my time in. God ain't impressed with how much time I'll get in and by itself. It's whether I touch him or not. But anyway, I did this particular week. I prayed two hours a day. It took me all day to do it. But you know what? We had a child get the Holy Ghost that Sunday. And I thought, Lord, it really wasn't because it was in spite of me, really. But he saw that I had a desire. But as I look at it now, and I've known people get fired up. And, and if, you, if you're praying two hours a day, may the Lord bless you. We need it. Don't stop. We need all we can get. But what we need to do, first of all, is, is be consistent to where we get that sealant upon our life. And then you need to go inside and examine. Is there something getting in somewhere? Is there some water leaking in? Is there some sewer coming in? Something is affecting. Why is it we have to start over every Sunday? Why is it that it takes most of the service before we really have a good move? Why is that? I'm going to tell you why. We're having to plug up the holes. We're having to sweep out the water. We're having to dry it up. And by the time we do that, the poor visitors have done lost their attention span because they're not used to church. We need to be able to come in here on Sunday morning and when we start that first song, there ought to be an anointing of the Holy Ghost upon us that the power of God, that everybody that walks through those doors can feel something. Now whether they respond or not is going to be up to them. We can't make them. But I'm going to tell you what, you get enough Holy Ghost moving, most people's going to respond some way. They're going to have to get up and leave or whatever they have to do. I've got to understand the Holy Ghost is a marvelous, wonderful, change my life kind of deal. But I have to realize I've got to work at it. I've got to understand there's things that I can do. And there's some things I should do and some things I shouldn't do. So I want to encourage you when you have your prayer time tomorrow. To, to ask the Lord, Lord, would you show me, God, where I'm at? Would you show me why I keep going over the same ground? You know, am I allowing my dedication somehow? Uh, because it's true in anything. Consistency 
and accounting. I studied accounting. Consistency. Thou art a gem was one of the sayings my, one of my professors liked to say. And you know, even the IRS, my daddy got audited one time, and this was many years ago, and he wanted to know about his contributions. And of course, daddy for Sunday school, you know, he wrote a check for his tithe. A lot of times he just put cash in there. And, uh, but because for years he was consistent about, he said, well, I always put a certain amount here. The IRS, because he was consistent, they allowed him. People appreciate consistency. God appreciates. He said he would be a rewarder of them that would diligently seek him. So why don't we stand tonight and they're going to sing a little song. Why don't you bow your head right now? Why don't you ask God to, to talk to you? Lord, would you let me see, God, where, where I'm leaking? Lord, what's going on here? God, what's causing the problem? God, have I got a habit? Uh, am I spending my time unwisely? Do I need to get rid of something, God, that I've got in my life? Oh, God, help me, Lord. Lord, I want to live. Oh, Lord. 